we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Paul was in jail. How many of you know Paul was in jail? Paul was in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus. He should have been in jail for a whole lot of other stuff. But he was in jail for preaching the gospel of Jesus. Yet he understood that his punishments had a lot to do with the way he was and those he punished for the very same thing. Y'all know, how many of you know Paul was brilliant? Paul was brilliant. He studied under great philosophers. I mean, he knew the whole pharmaceutical doctrine and all of that. He knew the sages. He knew everything. Knew, I forgot how many, an abundance of languages. Paul was brilliant. So he was way too smart to be in jail and feel like he shouldn't have been there. I'm going to preach this message. Paul knew he deserved to be in jail. That's why he didn't complain about it. Oh, I can't get an amen on that. Amen. Devil come and do a little something to you and you call, uh, uh, using your entitlement as a kingdom citizen card. Totally forgot the junk you did. Oh, look at somebody and say, what goes around comes around. That's Bible. It don't say it like that. It says, God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, what? Don't forget the that. Elder, emphasize it. Whatsoever a man soweth, that. What that? That that he soweth. He shall also what? Reap. So, he understood his punishment had a lot to do with the way he was and those he punished for the very same thing. Acts 8 and 3 tells us, as for Saul, his name was Saul when he was doing all this foolishness, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and pulling the men and women out and putting them where? In prison. Why was Paul doing that? Because he was, he was punishing them for being what? Christians. So Paul was persecuting the Christian church. And he was putting them in jail. And his, his biggest error was when they were stoning Stephen, he held their coats, which symbolizes that he was with it and for it. Watch Stephen, an innocent man, be stoned to death. And didn't try to stop it, but was in favor of it. So Paul belonged in jail. Oh, I'm preaching now. See, some of us do stuff, but we want the Holy Ghost to take over when it's time for consequences. Yeah, that's the whole church. You know, they just felt like they could get away with anything and just come to church. Hey! Nah, bro, you gonna have to pay for that. Paul was reaping what he sowed. He rationalized his punishment with understanding the worth and the value of the gospel he preached. So this is how he rationalized. Okay, I'm in jail. So what I need to do from jail is preach the gospel to these churches and let them know about God's freedom and liberty. Locked in jail, but let them know that you can't lock the word up. 
It was worth it to persevere for the sake of those that needed to know Christ. Philippians tells us the exact thing. First, uh, uh, Philippians 1 and 29. For unto you is given in, uh, in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to do what? Suffer for his sake. So you're not just going to believe on him, but you're going to suffer for his sake. Meaning, you're going to suffer if you believe in Christ. Anybody suffered? You're going to suffer. It just comes with it. So Paul understood, man, this ain't going to be no cakewalk. I'm going to be locked in jail. I'm going to have to communicate with these people. Locked in jail. Locked away. I got to deal with what I did first. And then I got to be in a place where God can use me and speak to me. That's how he rationalized it. Our sufferings today should be for the sake of helping others be redeemed. This helps us reconcile, listen, the pain we suffer and make it worth it in the end. So we reconcile the pain by helping others out of things. Yeah, that's the problem with the church now, especially the mega church. They've made it so much about the people in there, sitting there, like everything is catering to them, that the people aren't in a position to help anyone else. Because all of their prayers are focused on what they want and what they need. And that's not what the gospel is for. Yeah, Paul even said it. Once you get your obedience right, then you go and strengthen the brothers. Make other people better. Most importantly, make other people miss what you went through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is what Paul was doing. He was like, man, I don't want nobody to have to come here. You know, prison back then wasn't like it is now. Ain't no TV. Inmates playing Uno. Uh-huh. Nah, they was in there. Wasn't nothing in their room but a rock and some rats. Wasn't no restroom. It was a rock. You cut your own hole in it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Here's a hammer and a chisel. You make your own toilet. You got time. <laughs> but, but this helps reconcile it. 2 Timothy 2 and 9 says, Wherefore I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, or even being locked up. But the word of God is what? It's not bound. So what Paul is saying is even though physically I'm locked up, I'm a free man because you can't lock the word up. So I will live vicariously through those that I am helping. Many of the choices we have made in this life have brought us and others great suffering. Have you come to grips with that? You've come to terms with that, that you've caused pain to other people? Yeah, you have. Yeah, you, 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 you know, I mean, it wasn't like you was trying to do it, but you might have been trying to do it. Amen. But you cause pain to yourself and other people. Before you came to Christ and even after you came to Christ. Uh-oh. Yeah, you've been through that stage where you did things wrong or selfishly did things and you ended up hurting yourself or you hurt others, Right? Because we make choices that cause less than ideal circumstances, 
We are weighed down by the consequences of our own actions. So you went out there, did the fool, and you created some less than ideal circumstances that you have to live with. Can I preach in here? You went in there and got married and acted a fool or she acted a fool, whatever. Then you got divorced. Had kids involved, everything. Amen. And so now you've caused suffering to your children and yourself. Hey, look at somebody and say, this is your life. Oh, oh, you did it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So you're weighed down by the consequences at times. Amen. Preaching start, you the first one to yell and cry. Yeah. Over in the night, they think a wow wolf is in the neighborhood. You howling so loud. Oh, Lord! Woo! Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> yeah! Husband left you, wife left you, left you with the kids. You got the kids, you're a single parent. Got all this stuff. Ooh! Ooh! Yeah, 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 because this is, it's your life that you chose. Oh, if I could turn back the hands of time, like the song say, Lord. That ain't no gospel song. <laughs> Like your words say, Lord, if I could turn back the hands of the... You know, folks think the songs is the Bible. Song ain't the Bible. You can't use that song. <laughs> it's not even a gospel song. Oh, like the words, like, like it did assign it to somebody, like Timothy said. <laughs> if I could turn back the hands of time. <laughs> I don't think Timothy said anything. <laughs> but we're weighed down by the consequence. Anybody ever been weighed down by the consequences of their own action? Like the only person you can sock in the face is yourself. Ain't that frustrating when you look in the mirror and know it was your fault and you can't blame nobody? You even start thinking of people to try to blame. And the Holy Ghost, pop, shut up. You did this. That's your choice. You made that choice. Amen. And you went on that date with Rufus. You paid for it. Rufus don't have no money. You had a baby by Rufus and he don't have no money. You paid for the date. That should have told you everything. You're going to be paying for everything for the rest of your life. That date was prophetic. Amen. Divorce and all of these things. You just, it just, it's your life, man. And it weighs you down at certain times. John 16 and 33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, are we in the world? So in Christ we're going to have peace. But in the world ye shall have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. Jesus is saying, I've already done that. And I overcame the world. In the midst of these sufferings, 
We must desire to please God, and listen, y'all, and make these situations better by what? Obedience to his word. So no matter what mistake you've made, what issue you've put on yourself, wherever you are, from that point, you got to start obeying God. Like, you can't keep doing dumb stuff that got you in dumdom. In the state of dumb, you can't keep having the spirit of dumb. Or you'll never get out of dumdom. Oh, let me, let, let me pray. Yeah, that's why I understand, folks, that messed up. You know, we all done messed up. Some of our situations could have been a whole lot worse. That's why we don't point fingers at folks. Hey, that's because we don't, that's why we don't do it. Had that baby out of wedlock, but you got eight abortions. On the scales of justice, you need this one and shut up. Had that baby out of wedlock. Well, you just didn't get caught. You definitely was trying to make one. Oh, look at somebody say, don't you point the finger. Man, we don't do that at ABC now. No, Some of our situations could have been a whole lot worse. Amen, folks. Human beings in here. Amen. The Lord stepped in and covered some stuff. But amen. So we don't, we, we, we don't, no, we don't sing those songs in here. I can't stand them churches where folks try to act perfect, like look down on you because you got caught. Make you get up and confess it in front of everybody. Oh, y'all. I shouldn't have done it. Uh, I said, nah, if we're going to do that, we're going to pass the mic around like, like what's love got to do with it. We're going to start it over here. Everybody going to get a verse. Everybody going to get a verse. <laughs> Amen. I don't know. Any pastor doing that, he, he's something wrong with him. You get the mic, pastor. You start us off. You be Ike. <laughs> Amen. We're not doing that at ABC, man. Ain't nobody getting up here and doing it unless everybody going to get up here and do it. Amen. Ain't nobody in here been saved all day life. Some of y'all ain't been saved all day. And it's just 11 o'clock. My goodness. Started off early. <laughs> Being ratchet. Yeah. So we must desire to please God and make these situations better by obedience to his word. And the first thing we got to do is what? We got to recognize the problem and address it. Recognizing the problem and addressing it is the first step. All you got to do is listen to your pastor. I'm telling you, you got a problem. And you need to address it. I preach it every week. Right? You got a problem. You need to address it. Don't cover it up. Don't come in here and try to act like you're something you're not. Because we're going to find out that you're not that something. You think God's going to let you come in here and pretend you're something you're not? 
and the rest of these folks are being transparent before him? That's not fair. Hey, man, you ain't going to move up the ranks of the hierarchy at ABC <laughs> if we had one. You still not going to be able to do that hiding and, and slipping like my daddy used to say, ducking and dodging and peeping and hiding and slipping and sliding. No, it ain't gonna even work like that, man. Just admit, okay, I, man, this is my bad. I did, I made these decisions. You know, I got, I, I, I was married, I got divorced. I left him and, and whatever, and it had an effect on my children or whatever, but I'm in a better place now. Now I'm able to pray for m myself, my children. I'm praying for all of them, and I'm praying that my children will get restored and get their act together. Listen, but if they don't, I'm gonna be right here praising God. And I'm not giving up on God. Amen. That's the way it's got to be. So recognizing the problem and addressing it is the first step. Don't walk around here and act like it don't exist. Brother, yeah, I heard, man, you went through a pretty rough divorce. You was married before. I wasn't married before. Brother, it, it's online. Oh, I mean, that was, that was in the natural realm. <laughs> All things become new. You don't know about that? All things, I'm, not, I'm not even that person. I don't even recognize that picture. <laughs> Brother, you look better on that picture. I think you need to claim it. <laughs> we were just talking about it in the office. You know, the way black, the reason black funerals. You know, back in the day, they used to say that like the the, the, the the most ratchet place you could be is a black funeral. You know why that is? Because back then, folk would just hide kids. Just hide kids. Look just like, I mean. <laughs> and at the funeral, you think you see your family sitting over there. That was our family. Our exact same family sitting over there. Folk walking up, cussing at the casket. Kicking the wheels, knocking the flowers off. Boy, if you could get up, I'd knock you right back down. And then at the repast, your family walk in and speak to your family. How you doing, brother? Practice and everything, huh? That's why folks, that, that, that's where they came from. People would just hide kids like they didn't exist. I don't have no children. I thought you had some children that lived over in Mississippi. I don't have no children. Hey, <laughs> man, folk would just do that. But we, you know, we don't do that. We own up to it, man, and we try to take care of them and help them. We want God to save them too. Hey, man, everybody that look like you ought to be saved. <laughs> so we recognize the problem and then we do what? We're going to address it. You might can't fix it overnight, but you're going to take the time to apply the word that you're getting and address it. Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and that are what? In other words, that, that are falling in line with what he wants them to be. That's when all things work together. God will always help us through our issues if we make that first step. So if you recognize the problem and address it, then you get the help from God. But if you're walking around trying to be above it and act like it don't exist, God ain't helping you. The devil is. 
Yeah, and all the devil going to do is raise you up just so he can drop you in front of everyone. He loves doing that. That's why I ain't working for him. I was talking to him in the office. I ain't working for the devil. I don't want the devil's fame. The devil going to make you famous just so he can take you down. Why would he keep you famous and stay loyal to you and he know he going to be burned in hell? <laughs> that wouldn't even make no sense. That would be so inconsistent. Devil lifting you up and going to make you real good. Oh, I want you to be everything that I couldn't be when I was up there. <laughs> what? That devil ain't going to. I want to see you make it. See, I know, I know where I'm going, but I want to see you there. If I could just get you up there. But the devil ain't talking like that. Devil looking at his watch. Mm-hmm. Just a little more fame and he'll fall real hard. God will always help us through our issues if we make that first. Look at somebody say, make the first step. I mean, today is the day you make the first step. Recognize there is a problem and address it. Then the second step is to adopt Paul's attitude of contentment and perseverance to see God in the situation. So the second step you got to make is you got to see God in the situation. Meaning you got to make room for God to do what he's going to do. Yeah, so the second step is basically to just stop doing what you was doing before because it's got you nowhere. How many of you, your decisions messed you up? You don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. You're not that smart. So you just back off and say, you know what? I've, I think I've done enough. About time that I tap the mat and just get out of this wrestling match. Get my hands off. And let's see God do some things. Amen? Your child ain't listening to you no more. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You divorced. You hurt him. He's hurt. He still don't understand to this day why you didn't stay in the house. He ain't listening to you. He watched you. Children don't listen. They watch. That was a harsh reality uh, for me when Landon grew up. See, y'all see Landon over there. He look all calm and like he just chill. Landon will tell you what's up, and he really don't care how it affects you. <laughs> he just don't. So Landon, you know, we had our time where I was like, tell me. And he started telling me what a horrible father I was. And I'm the type, really? I, I mean, I wasn't like, no, man, no, no. I'm like, boy, shut up. You get a whooping right now. You, you think you know horrible. Watch this woman. It's going to be horrible and deplorable. I beat the crap out of you. That's the old school. No, I sat there and I listened to him. He began to tell me. He's like, man, when you did this, when you did this, when you did this, you, you should have done that because you hadn't even told me this and you hadn't taught me this. And you just, I mean, he just started reading me. It's like the videos can't teach me. You can't teach me with your videos. Then we had that conversation. He told me, you can't teach me with your videos. I'm your son. Like, you've got to be there and teach me. You know, I released boyfriend and girlfriend video and just slip it on in his room. <laughs> Watch that, boy. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I thought I had it like that. Watch this. Try to be slick and let Vicky create the music for it so she could watch it. I thought I knew what I was doing. Like, hey, this message is impacting the world. This kid's getting saved all over the place. It's got to work. No, no, he told me, he said, that ain't how, no, you can't do that. 
It's a cop out. He just told me, and I listened to him. I listened to him. He tell you, I listen. I'm his daddy, so you know I, I don't care how big his muscles get. But he knows I'm logical, so he knows if I tell him something that makes sense, daddy's gonna hear it. Don't you know that? He he, he go and he got me. I just couldn't do nothing but agree. And then once I heard him and agreed, I had to change it. You see what I'm saying? I couldn't just throw another video in there. <laughs> This, this is part two. I handled everything at this one. This is, <laughs> Amen. No, so he told me about myself. And he helps me even with Jonathan. I'm, I'm working on how to communicate with Jonathan because me and Jonathan speak two different languages. Because he's young. I be getting all serious and stuff. And, oh, no, I you know. And then, then I have to come and say, Daddy, he's, he's 12, but he's really like nine. Because he's homeschooled. So he ain't the 12 that's out there. And I got to stay on it. I got to keep doing it. I don't get a pass. Amen. I don't get a pass. Matter of fact, the devil's coming at me worse because I'm trying to help you guys. Oh, I wish somebody would listen. Amen. So we got to let God in. So we find out what we did wrong. That's first step. We, 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 we figure it out. We, we get an understanding of it. We recognize it, that it's a problem. First step, we address it. And then once we address it and say, you know what, I got to do something about this, then we wait on God. Okay, what do I do? Because ain't no Bible for children out of wedlock. There ain't no Bible for divorce and, and blended families. And I ain't no Bible for that. So you got to step back and let God show you how to use the word that's written to help your situation, which usually boils down to the fruits of the Spirit residing in you. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, you, you know, the, the, the blended family and everything, you got to take a step back from that and deal with what's blended off in you. Can we get the fruits of the Spirit in you, the love, the joy, the peace, long-suffering? Can we get the long-suffering? How about the long-suffering? You can't marry somebody and they have kids and you ain't going to suffer long. Hey, Amen. You can't replace fathers and mothers. That's not allowed. You say, who is that not allowed by? Kids. They're not going to allow you to do that. You can pretend you're doing that, and you can think you're doing that, but you can't do that. You got to tell them, say, look, I'm not, I'm not your father, but, you know, I, I want to help. I want to be there for you, whatever, but I'm not your father. You got to keep saying, you can't say, oh, I'm your father. I'm more father than him than ever. Then you just put down the image of who they are. And now you got a real problem. And you can't fix it. Yeah, quit doing that. Don't put down somebody's father just because he's wayward, because you was wayward too. Oh, man, let me, let me. Hey, man, you build them up. Hey, hey, we'll just take the good stuff that your father did. I know he did some good stuff. And those are the things we're going to focus on. But I'm not here to try to outdo him or outdo her. So you keep the good going. We're going to take the good from this situation, and we're going to make it work. That's Paul adapting the attitude of contentment and perseverance, meaning I accept this situation, but I'm going to keep contending for the faith until I see God in this situation. Paul saying that got the whole world turned upside down because Paul said, you know what? I'm going to be in jail. I'm going to suffer through this, but I'm going to find God in this situation. And him finding God in this situation made us all find God. Romans 8 and 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory 
which shall be revealed in us. Look at somebody say, go through it. Go through it. Quit pretending. You know, we all come from different places and whatever and whatever. You can't hide kids and hide stuff that happens. Don't, don't do that in here. Oh, I didn't know you had kids. Well, you know, that was in a previous. Kids that you're not proud of, that you don't love. Amen. Got all your biological pictures on your refrigerator, but don't have none of the other pictures on the refrigerator. You can't do that. They exist. Paul was content with his call of making sure that another Saul of Tarsus would not surface under his watch. So Paul, God changed his name so he can look at himself as somebody else. So Paul is watching. He's watching the Corinthians. He's watching the Ephesians. He's watching the Galatians. He's watching them all. He's warning Timothy, you watch and pray. What are we watching for? We're watching to make sure another me doesn't surface. Somebody that's got issues and going to take it out on what God is doing. That's what it was. You understand and study Paul, you understand that he had physical ailments. Four foot and something tall because he had a hump in his back. He was a little sickly looking man. So he had issues. So when he finally passed all the classes and got the status to be the great Pharisee, he used it to beat other people down. Then when people tried to exalt themselves by the power of God, like a Stephen, and I didn't went through all this school, and I didn't fought all of this to get this education and stuff, oh, no, we're not going to have a Stephen, sir. You're not going to rise up above me. So Paul beat him down. So that's why in every one of the letters, Paul is addressing pride. And he's addressing being better. You thinking you're better than other people. Because that was his disposition. Are y'all listening to me preach? Okay. So Paul was watching, making sure don't nobody lift themselves up like I used to. Because all you're going to do is persecute God's people. You're going to harm innocent people and you'll end up being punished just like me. So Paul took a bad situation and turned it into a situation where he could really help other people. You can't do that until you address it first. 1 Timothy 1 and 16 says, How be it for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. So in me, Jesus is going to show you how I'm suffering, how I'm going through and all of this, so that it would be a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. So all I'm doing is being an example to show you how to suffer long. It's going to be a pattern or an example to all of you. Now, by my example, by me persevering and going through this and long suffering, you can understand what it means to suffer for the cause of Christ. He started churches. Folk don't like the suffering message. Folk want to, where's my blessing? Take my misery and turn it into what? Ministry. That's not in the Bible. No. Some of your misery going to stay misery. Oh, I could preach that in here. There's, some of your misery, gonna, it's going to stay misery. You can't turn it into nothing else. You have to accept it and deal with it. Man, that's, that's some things I wish I never saw. 
There are some things I wish I never did because I can't change it. I can't get it out my head. I did that. Can't do nothing about it. Can't turn it into ministry. It's there. People starting churches and discipling people as a preventive measure to eliminate another person suffering for his crimes. He didn't want to see another Saul. Even though he was in prison, he found pleasure in those that were free. He found contentment in his calling. Amen. In your situation, that's what you have to do. Some things you can't be free from, so you got to make sure you free others. Amen. Some things you can't reverse, so you got to make sure you, your children don't repeat it. Somebody is just depressed. Lord, you making me think of everything. You need to think of everything. You need to think of exactly you. This is, look somebody say, this is your life. This is real. Do you know it's real? Pitch the person next to you and say, it's real. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You ain't sleep. Say no dream. This is real. You've done real things that created real issues that you got to Correct and fix so the next generation don't have to suffer like you did. Ain't that why we in here? I mean, don't read my rap sheet. I'm in here so my kids won't have one. But even though he was in prison, he found pleasure in those that were free. He found contentment in his what? Calling. Wherever you are, whatever decisions you've made, you got to find contentment there. Amen. You can't ask for someone else's life. Paul found contentment there. Second John uh, 4 says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walk in what? In truth. As we have received the commandment from the Father. So he's saying, I, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. This is what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be rejoicing because others can walk like we couldn't walk. That's where you find, I don't understand people that can't find contentment in their children. Like that's what they're here for. They're the do-over. Uh-oh. Yeah, you so worried about somebody applauding you and, 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 and you trying to overcome the embarrassment and the shame when you should be investing in them so they won't have embarrassment and shame. <laughs> oh, the hand claps are thin and now. <laughs> no, this is what they're for. So just like John said, I found of thy children walking in truth. He rejoiced greatly. Because you're passing it down. Our attitude about our suffering must be this way. We must take every measure to prevent our loved ones from experiencing the pain that we have suffered because of bad choices in our past. Look at somebody say every measure. We must take every measure to make this better. For them. Some stuff in your life just gonna suck. Nothing you can do about it. Amen. Some things about your life are just terrible because you blew it. 
But you have to take this. Take these bad choices and overcome them by helping the next generation. Romans 15 and 1 says, We then that are strong ought to do what? Bear the what? Infirmities of the what? Of the weak. Not to do what? Not to please. What you think you're getting this word and getting all spiritually strong for? You're getting strong so you can carry the infirmities of the weak in your home, your children. Not to please yourself. Summary! Many of us were born to some type of dysfunction. Who is that? Who? who? Some type of dysfunction. Amen. Mama wasn't, daddy wasn't even married and I was born. Some of y'all was created in an elevator. <laughs> Hospital elevator. <laughs> Making it worse. You, some of y'all ain't never met your parents. Yeah, some of you, you just, I mean, your situation was dysfunctional from jump. Your situation was just messed up. Amen. Some of you had 20 brothers and sisters and nobody spent any time with you. Oh. You grow up in a house like that, man, that's going to be some dysfunction. That's too many people. I know you wasn't living in a 20 bedroom. That's a motel. <laughs> so you were born to some type of dysfunction. Your parents weren't married. Your mama, you had a baby out of wedlock. Your dad, you, you, were out of, you were a wedlock child. You were this or that. Whatever happened, whatever. I don't know what it is, but some of you were born to some type. Well, everyone in here was born to some type of dysfunction. Whether it was discontent parents, single parents, wayward parents. Some of y'all's mama was drinking and smoking in the delivery room. Just wayward. Hollering, trying to get the doctor's phone number. What you doing after this? <laughs> That's dysfunction. <laughs> oh my goodness. So whether it was discontent parents, single parents, wayward parents, or no parents at all, we have all suffered some type of trauma in our upbringing. That's traumatic. For your situation to not match the ideal situation. Amen? So that brings trauma, which it's going to work its way out of you in some kind of way. This trauma explains the concept of being born into sin and shaping in iniquity. Amen? We were all born into sin and shaping into iniquity. Born to some type of dysfunction. Though our environment, and you could be born with a wonderful mother and father, and you could still have dysfunction in that home. 
Though our environments and upbringings may have influenced our decisions, God was always there to speak the truth into us when we were making the decisions that molded us into who we are today. Y'all remember that voice? When you did the fool and created your issue, God spoke to you before you did that and told you not to. Look, see, I can't get amen. Well, but I didn't know the Lord back then. You didn't have to. He spoke it. You heard him. See, that, that's where they don't want to go. They don't, they don't want to remember that God will speak through. In, in the Bible, God spoke through donkeys, everything. God will have them roaches in your apartment talking. He's going to warn you. You're going to know better. Amen. I know I'm telling the truth in here. You remember. I hate when folks come to me. Man, I mean, I just didn't know. If I had known, now you knew. You chose that. You chose. You didn't have to see the truth behind hip after know not to get a pyramid tattooed on your back. You knew when you walked in there and looked on the wall and saw all them demon skulls and faces, you knew you shouldn't have been in there. Pass me that MD. I got to drink this before I let them do this. Yeah, because you knew you weren't supposed to do that. You went in that drunk. Yeah, so before you did it, hey, ooh, I know I'm telling you, before you got married, everything told you not to. Threw the rice and it spelled no on the ground. You're like, I told, and then get on Facebook. I told y'all I would get married. I told y'all I would get married. See, people that do that, you just let me know why you did it. Told y'all I was going. Here's my husband. Look at him. Here's my husband. He looking like. For now. <laughs> You got warnings not to do that, and you did it anyway. God tried to stop you, but you were so hard-headed, you did it anyway. Yes, you did. They tried to blame it on the trauma. Well, in my childhood, nobody really held me. So because, <laughs> because of that, I, you know, I just like to be held. <laughs> Though our environments and upbringings may have influenced our decisions, God was always there. We made our own decisions. Look at somebody and say, you made that decision. You made that decision. Yes, you did. Say it! Look at somebody and say, you made that decision. Yes, you did. We made our own decisions and chose the path that we, capital, that we thought was best for us instead of following, instead of following the path that God desired for us. You thought the other path was better for you like you knew what you were doing. The whole time your body was crying out saying, don't do this. Yes, it was. Yeah, man, ain't nobody sinning and not knowing they sinning. That code is written into you from birth. Little child know when they're getting ready to do something wrong, they look up at you. know it's built in you it's a law built in you yeah god would god could not have punished eve if she didn't know what she did was wrong 
go. We made our own decisions and chose the path we thought was best for us instead of following the path that God desired for us. Though we may have created subpar situations and circumstances, we must be content in making sure that the dysfunction we cause stops with us. Can I preach in here? It should be our goal to make sure that those we are responsible for receive the what? Right message and not to follow our missteps. Amen. That's why you're here. Y'all packed up, grabbed everything, got a U-Haul, brought everything down here to put your children in an environment to help fix things so they won't have to suffer what you suffered through. Isn't that why you did it? Am I telling the truth? Yeah, because that's what we're trying to do here. We're going to deal with it and fix it. It should be our goal to make sure that those we are responsible for receive the right message and not to follow our missteps. Man, I'm not stopping short of doing this. As good examples, we should overcome our own dysfunctional issues. What we did, they do not have to do. We must provide a better way for them, just like Paul did for Paul. Provided a better way for us to help us not do what he did. Jesus himself took on sin and suffering to prevent us from being destroyed by it. So even in a problematic circumstance, even in problematic circumstances, we can find hope for others as we correct the wrongs we have committed. This is the embodiment of denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Christ. Just as in Paul's day, this same formula will lead to the salvation of many. 2 Corinthians 12 and 6, Paul is writing, and he says, For though I have desired a glory, meaning, you know, I'm pretty much writing the Bible. I pretty much know more than anybody else right now. He said, but I ain't going to be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. So in other words, I got a past. So I can't lift myself up because my past is pretty hard. Are y'all listening to me? Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, all this knowledge I have, and I be exalted, so that I won't be exalted and think I'm something that was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Meaning there's a situation that's just going to be there. And the messenger of Satan to buffet me meaning bother me about the situation that's there. Lest I should be exalted above medicine. I can't be lifted up because if once I start feeling it, I remember I have this problem that is not going to get worked out. Oh, see, folk don't like this. Folk, oh, no, God going to do it. He going to do it. He going to do it. Well, he says the next scripture, for this thing I... Ask the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And go nowhere. So he said unto me, no, 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 you, you, you're going to keep that. But my grace is sufficient for thee. 
For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might do what? I mean, I'm just going to take it. Take one for the team. I'm going to suffer through this. I'm going to deal with this. Whatever I have to do so that the power of Christ will rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in persecutions, and for most of us in here, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am what? Strong. Everyone stand to your feet. But pastor, the message was lightning you low. We all the way up to seven, and you ain't told me how to make this thing lighter. It's not going to get lighter. You just have to get stronger. Yeah, this thing, you're you going to carry this one. This one's going to be with you because this one's going to keep you humble. This one's going to make you pray. This one is going to keep you before the Lord and keep the power of Christ upon you. Without it, you'd think you were something. Soon as you get full of yourself and start smelling yourself, this situation is going to tap you on the shoulder. Remember me? If this man right here, Paul, to me, one of the greatest men that ever lived because of the power of Christ on him, couldn't get it prayed off him, you can't get it prayed off you. Deal with it. Acknowledge it. This is what I have to deal with. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for Paul and your calling upon him and his writings and how he was the example before us to show us how to persevere, how to fight through things, how to have an issue, even if it's prison, even if it, whatever his thorn was, which we're, un, we're unsure of exactly what it was, but whatever it was, Father God, we all have thorns. So we ask, Father God, that the same grace that was sufficient for him be given to us. Give us the grace to persevere so that we can make things better for the decision makers that are under us. God, those that we are responsible for, help us, Father God, to help them not make the errors and mistakes and different things that we make. But let your grace be sufficient for us to pass down the knowledge to them. We give you glory and honor for thinking about us this morning and caring about us this morning and knowing what we're going through and knowing how bad it hurts and understanding the place we're in right now. But God, we'll persevere. We won't quit. We'll stay before you because this thing keeps us humble. In Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com. 